Thank you, everyone. Thank you for singing along. We've, uh, we've been asking people in our leadership council, and I'm going to open it up to you as well, um, moving forward, to on the last Sunday of the month, say a few words about how our mission statement shows up in their life. And so today we've got George, one of our uh, one of our credit students here. So, and I'm going to ask you to stay close to the microphone. We don't have microphones that are like on American Idol or anything. Um, <laughs> are we on? We are now. Yes. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service today. It's an honor to have this opportunity to speak to you. And we'll be speaking about our mission statement, as you can see on the, on the screen there. One could say that our mission statement was written for the whole community. I don't think so. I think, I believe that our mission statement was also written for to be used on a personal level. If you would take a moment and read to yourself this mission statement that's shown on the screen there, just take a moment and read it. <coughs> Look very closely at the words and how they're used and what the meanings are. The first words there is affirming oneness. These two words are used in our prayers very often. They come up at almost daily if we say in our prayers and do it in our meditation. They come up as individuals joining here together as a community. We each support and acknowledge the oneness that we are working towards. This oneness of God and the oneness of this community is very important. To, that keeps us together and makes us have a good experience when we come to here every Sunday. The other words is we inspire each other, we empower each other, and we support spiritual growth in each other as we pray and meditate together every Sunday and individually and at some of the events that we have. We service our community by volunteering there are several opportunities that get mentioned every week about helping with the cleaning, supporting our, inner, uh, our outreach programs, and the very act of you showing up here today is a service and a support to our community. I thank you each for being a part of our community for doing the work of our mission statement, and I thank you for being here today. If you would, repeat with me the mission statement. Affirming, Affirming oneness, we, we inspire, empower, and support practical spiritual growth through, through prayer, meditation, and service, and service to our community in an atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all. 
By doing these things, we have created a community of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all of us. Lastly, if you want to know more about the mission statement, I would encourage you to go to our website. Uh, under the web, on the website, under the tab that says About Us, and then under there is another tab that says Mission and Values. There's a whole bunch of information there about how the uh, mission statement came about and all the supporting uh, information that supports our mission statement. And I thank you and honor you today. This have a good service. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, George. Um, I appreciate that our credit students and also leadership council members, and in most instances, they overlap. They're one and the same. Uh, we have a lot of people in our leadership council, and most of the people on that leadership council have taken, uh, we call them SEE, spiritual education and enrichment classes, to learn more about unity, more about our metaphysics, and more about how our community works. We also have all of our licensed teachers are a part of our leadership council. And I'm really proud of the fact that instead of having a board that is three to five people, when we have our monthly meeting, we tend to have 12 to 16 people around the table. And so one of the, one of the things about this is that we want the community to reflect our community, not just what three or four or five people think it ought to look like. So I mention this because as we move in towards our annual meeting this year, which is at the end of February, you'll be having an opportunity to join and become official members if you are not already. And if you have already been a member for at least one year, then you are also invited to join our leadership council. So just, uh, we, we hope that you will find something that inspires you to become a little more involved if you are not already. So thank you, George. Thank you to everybody who has been speaking about our mission statement. And if you are sitting out there and every week you see this and you feel that it has meaning for you that you would like to share, let me know. And we can get you in that list as well. We also open up each week with an opening affirmation that states for us what is kind of our touchstone uh, from a spiritual, um, I, I'm going to use the word aspiration, and I've decided I like aspiration better than resolution <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, and we'll talk more about that in just a few moments, but this is a statement from our co-founder Charles Fillmore from the book Keep a True Lent, which is a his reworking of a Bible statement, and this is my reworking of Fillmore's statement, which has been further tweaked by you guys, because people come up every now and again and say, I think it would be better if we said this, and then I think about it, and we talk about it, and so this is as it is now in this moment. So I invite you to settle in, back into that space of calm, of stillness, of readying our souls. And speak with me, if you will. Releasing the things that are behind, I am strong, 
positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. And so it is. So we have been through the Advent journey at this point. Some of you have been following along. Every year Unity publishes an Advent booklet. And just because Christmas is over, if you're sitting there going, well, I didn't know about that. I didn't do that. Well, we also do the 12 days that follow Christmas. And so if you have not yet picked up an Advent booklet and you still kind of want in on this whole thing, there are some over on the table and we will be continuing with the 12 days of Christmas, which are generally involving our 12 powers. So that's something we'll be talking about a lot in the new year. Today we are in that space. Is anybody else like surprised they knew today was Sunday? It's, it's kind of like, you know, you get on that roller coaster, which is the holiday season. Somewhere about in June, we blink and it's Thanksgiving coming up. And then Thanksgiving happens. And then the next thing we know, it's a day or two before Christmas. And somehow, and I love that Larry said these words last week. Larry told us last week on Sunday he asked sort of a hypothetical, are you ready for Christmas? And then, and then assured us, because it didn't matter if we were or not, Christmas was going to happen anyway. And so it has. We have celebrated Christmas Eve. We've celebrated Christmas. Some of you have celebrated the Day of Returns and rejoining traffic out in the world. Uh, we have all kind of been in that space of in between the holidays, probably a lot of us had to-do lists that were about this long and maybe only got this much of it done. And on some part of our brain, there's something going, yeah, but I still didn't do this, I still didn't do that, I still didn't do the other thing. I, for the first time that I remember in my lifetime, did no baking. There were no cookies from Nita this year. This, <laughs> Yes. Yes, we have little sniffles up front. Um, that does not mean we did not have cookies. It just means Nita did not make them. What I discovered was that so many other people bake. Maybe it's okay that I did not. We have all been on our individual journeys this holiday season. For some of us, it has definitely been an advent filled with cheerful, happy gatherings for others, it has not been so cheerful. One of the things that I am charged with doing and that is not one of my favorite things to do is to share when major passages have happened in our community. And for those of you who know David and Linda Saber, David made his transition this week on Wednesday. So they, they have asked, they're in Texas at this point, and they have asked that we continue to hold them in prayer and in light, just as we have been for the time of David's illness. In our own family, John and I had a, had a very unexpected death in our family, which, uh, which brought us home a little bit earlier than we planned. And the reason I'm mentioning these things, besides just the welcoming of prayer and the welcoming of peace and light and ease and comfort, 
The reason I mention these things is also so that we are reminded on occasion that just because there's tinsel and sparkly lights, that sometimes the holiday season still can be challenging to walk through. A lot of us in this room have have experienced things at Christmas times that we're not necessarily terribly happy and chirpy. And the reason I believe that we focus on our spiritual path, the reason that I teach these spiritual tools and the reason that I practice these spiritual tools in my own life is because everything in our lives is going to change. And we don't get to say when things take a major turn. And if we wait until the crisis happens to go, oh, I guess this is why I should meditate. Or, oh, I knew that I should probably be learning about those 12 powers. If we wait until we're in the chaos that arises from chaos and change, we'll likely be floundering much more than if we've actually taken these teachings to heart, actually contemplated what practices are helpful for us and what practices are not helpful for us. And even though the sadness is still present, even though the chaos is still present, even though the pain is still present, the the loss is there, we have tools to help us deal with all of these things. I'm sure that every single one of you has been in a circumstance somewhere in your life where everything, it's been as though the rug was just completely pulled out from under you. Whatever you thought you were grounded in, whether it was a job or a family member or a house or a car or whatever it was, suddenly was not there. And in that moment, we need to be able to find peace. In that moment, we need to be able to realize that there is something that is greater than all of these outer things, including even the physical presence of those that we love. We realize in those moments that we have within us the ability to find the calm center within. We realize in those times that if we have been working through our practices and if we have been paying attention to waking up, that we actually do have resources within each and every one of us. So as we transition from the Christmas season into New Year's and the almost cultural obligation to set our set resolutions for ourselves, to make the decision that we are going to just be, you know, brighter and shinier and happier and healthier and all of those good things in the coming year, that we are going to wholesale stop smoking, stop drinking, stop ice cream, stop cookies, stop complaining about work, stop arguing with other people, drive respectfully, not get angry at drivers who do not drive respectfully, And also, oh, by the way, find our loving center in the world of politics. It seems like a good day 
to focus on how we might actually accomplish some of that in the coming year. The first thing I'm going to say is that for me, I have decided several years ago that New Year's resolutions are not helpful. You are free to make your own choice in that. For me, New Year's resolutions tend to go away after about a week and a half or a day and a half or even an hour and a half. And then I not only have the sort of the guilt around not following through on my resolution, I still have the issue that I started off with and now I feel bad about not fixing myself. So for me, a few years back, I just had to realize that this is not a good practice for me. New Year's resolutions are not helpful in my life. Statistically, if you, you know, the last time I googled this, and I'm going to say it probably hasn't changed a lot. One of the first years that I realized that I just, I did not have it in me to do New Year's resolutions ever again in my life. And so when I decided that, that I was going to kind of publicly come out as one who does not do New Year's resolutions, of course I needed the blessing of the great Google. So I was pretty sure that if I did, my, did just the tiniest little bit of research, I did not think that I was that special that I was the only failure at New Year's resolutions in life. Yes, we are all unique, we are all wonderful, we are all all of that, but I just didn't think I was quite that unique in that area. Especially because when we have what we practice, many, many spiritual sinners do what's called a burning bowl ceremony on New Year's Eve. Due to the flames involved, we don't do that anymore. We have a dissolution in water um, that we do for our New Year's, New Year's releasing. And the thing that really backed me up on the New Year's resolution thing was that kind of under their breath, people will te- would tell me, well, this is like the 13th year I've written the same thing down at New Year's Eve. Or, so how many times do you have to release something in the burning bowl before it really goes away. And when I, when I did my research on Google, I found out that something like 99.9% of New Year's resolutions are not only not followed through on after two weeks, but after two weeks, many, many, many people can't even remember what it was they resolved to do. But we pretty unanimously feel bad about not doing it. So here's my suggestion. How about picking one thing to commit to in the coming year? Just one. And how about along with that commitment, you promise yourself that you will practice kindness towards yourself. And what I mean by that is that if your commitment, if you realize two weeks in that you kind of forgot all about your New Year's commitment, that you will pause and really, really, really tell yourself, and that's okay. New Year's is simply a date on a calendar and I can transform my life in any moment. I can recommit in any moment. I can take one helpful step, one thought, one kind act, one small change 
to honor my commitment in any moment. And I'm going to further suggest that this commitment that you make be something in the world of using some spiritual tool. Now, I know that for those of you that have been here quite a while, you remember all the little cards that we've had over time. And some of you who have not been coming very long, you may have seen their their cards, very brightly colored fluorescent cards over in a file on the wall over by the bookcase in the front entryway. And simply because of technology, meaning Mita's printers no, no longer seem to want to deal with the coding on the cards, I haven't done them for a while. But those cards, every single one of them, has anywhere from a brief one-page explanation of our 12 powers to complete steps to go through to cultivate faith, to affirmations that will help you to release what is no longer helpful, prescriptions for peace from Myrtle Fillmore. There are all sorts of things over there in those cards. And I'm going to invite you after church today to look at them, pick one or five, I don't care, but find something that resonates. Charles Fillmore uh, said an aff- made it, created an affirmation or a statement about himself when he was in his 90s. said, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm and spring forth with a mighty faith to do the things that ought to be done by me. How often do you get to have zeal and faith and jumping forward and all of this stuff in one little paragraph and the man was in his 90s. So if you are feeling kind of like it's the end of the holiday season and it's been a long slog, and I, I've had a few people ask me, you know, ask me what my plans are at this point, and I, I've already told them, the napping begins at 2 o'clock this afternoon. That's where I'm at in this whole thing. And when I was looking through the cards and I saw that affirmation by our co-founder Charles Fillmore again, I thought, oh man, I am so far away from sizzling with zeal right now. The thought of sizzling with zeal is just not even on my horizon in this moment. However, seeing that statement reminded me again of the potential that we all have. So physically, physically I know I'm tired. Physically I know I must have done 12 loads of laundry yesterday. Physically we've all done everything that we have to do. And so it's okay to take a nap and know that you can sizzle with zeal and spring forth with a mighty faith to do what is what ought to be done by you, even if it means being nice to yourself and taking a nap. Maybe that's your commitment for the coming year, is to practice self-compassion. Maybe your commitment for the coming year is simply to count to three before you open your mouth and say something that you already know you don't want to say. And then when you do forget to count to three, perhaps you could be kind to yourself again. There are a lot of things that we may want to have as New Year's resolution, like that list I rattled off a while ago. But the thing is, every single thing on that list that I rattled off, everything from stopping smoking and keeping the house clean and all of that kind of stuff, 
Those are all outer changes. And really, where does transformation come from? Here's a clue. Spoiler alert. It does not come from out there. Transformation does not come from out there. Transformation does not come from me to you. Transformation begins within. As you become still, focus on that divine beingness within you and allow yourself to listen and then act. So as we move into our time of quieting, just going to invite you each to be open and receptive to listening and hearing what is it within you that wants to be more expressed in the coming days and the coming year. What is it within you? And it doesn't matter what your family members may have told you. Your family members may have all sorts of ideas on how to fix you. Trust me, as I've said before, we you could all get in a line, you could all just get in a line and wait out outside the counseling room, the prayer room, and one by one, I could tell each and every one of you exactly how you needed to be. And then you would get angry at me, walk away, and nothing would change except now you're angry, I'm upset, everybody thinks they're going to fix one another, and the fact is I just am here to love each of you as you find your own path into wholeness. Yes, if an ear to listen is helpful as you speak and find clarity in your life, I am available for that. If you ask me something about a specific issue in your life, chances are I can point you at some spiritual tool and how to use it that could be helpful to you. But it's about the inner work. So as we are still, as we are quiet, just consider what commitment might look like in your life. Consider what it might look like if instead of us just saying that we honor the one we call our elder brother and way shower, Jesus the Christ, what might it look like in your life if you said, I am going to cultivate my Christed awareness of how I show up in this area? and actually did the work. And I don't mean to say that you're not already doing the work. You are. Each and every one of you is. Every one of us is doing the work that is ours to do. But the idea that focused commitment, like a laser beam on your spiritual path, can actually transform your life so that you wouldn't even recognize yourself a year from now. It's a very real and true thing. So we become still together. As George was talking about our mission statement and that atmosphere of love, joy, peace, and prosperity for all as the way that we serve through prayer. We hold each other in our hearts. We hold ourselves gently in our hearts. We hold David and Linda and each one of you, anyone that you feel that you want to hold in your heart, just simply in your mind, bring them to mind. Imagine them, their face smiling. And remember that wherever they are, 
that you are not separate from them. You are connected through the love which can never die. And for those friends of ours who simply aren't present with us today, just imagine an empty chair near you and imagine that person sitting there again smiling. So we hold ourselves gently, focusing on breath, focusing on the heart, And if you wish, I invite you to sing along. comfortable for you to do so I invite you to close your eyes and if not that's okay too allow your bodies to be comfortable allow yourself in this moment to release the to-do list 
to remember that in this moment nothing is expected of you other than that you are present and you are so as we move into a time of stillness I'm going to just kind of give you a brief guided tour through the 12 powers that are already within you these are gifts and abilities faculties resources that you came with and we have forgotten we have forgotten that within us each is absolutely everything that we need to be the Christ in expression in any moment in which we choose we begin by simple understanding we claim light when we talk about understanding from a spiritual standpoint we're simply using the phrase which opens the christian scriptures and the jewish scriptures both with god's affirming and saying let there be light and there was light so as we look at this next phase of our spiritual journey we say let there be light and we remain open and receptive to the voice of understanding which is always available we claim wisdom when we ask what is mine to do if i'm going to move forward spring forth with a mighty zeal and faith to do what is mine to do what is mine to do and so we claim wisdom ever present and always uniquely suited to you the amazing thing is with each and every one of us you will never receive the wisdom that is meant for me and i will never receive the wisdom that is meant for you we will each receive and discern exactly what is helpful for us and along with wisdom and understanding we claim willingness we claim will will is our choice I will do this thing or I will not do this thing. So we claim the will to choose right actions. We claim willingness to forgive ourselves when we know what we should have done and we do not do that thing. we claim enthusiasm zeal that excitement perhaps your commitment this year is to reclaim your excitement about life i'm alive alert awake joyous enthusiastic about my life now this enthusiasm this passion this zeal is always present just sometimes through fatigue 
or other means we've covered it up and if you want to see what enthusiasm looks like watch some of the kids after church today watch a child within you you have strength our own affirmation is i am strong positive powerful wise loving fearless free spirit i am strong our ability is to persevere even through the things that are challenging that are difficult our strength will never fail us as long as we choose to claim our strength we have power biblically we're told that man was given dominion and nowhere does it say it was taken away we have power in all circumstances it may not seem like it sometimes when we've gotten the bad news however we always get to choose how we relate to the circumstances in our lives so like many of those who have been through really horrendous circumstances when the dalai lama is asked how he can still claim friendship with those who have exiled him from his country and taken away his country and placed his people out of their homeland his response is always something along the lines of if they've taken all of that away from them from me why would i ever let them take my peace of mind so we claim dominion in all things if there's something already coming to your mind that you know that you would like to focus on this year your faculty of imagination comes into play some of you know my all-time favorite filmore quote if you can imagine that it is possible to god then it is also possible to you so we use our imagination to consider what sort of shape and form and color how would it feel to live my life in freedom how would it feel to be genuinely at peace in the midst of all matters we release whatever is holding us back we don't need to do a big inventory we don't need to spend a lot of time focusing we simply claim release of whatever no longer serves me i release and i let go of everything that no longer serves my highest purpose and as we release we claim life for that which we choose as we release that which do, that which does not serve we choose through our faculty of will to give life give energy join it up with our enthusiasm and our our understanding and our wisdom and allow that which we choose to live brighter stronger ever more present in our lives
There is an order in the universe. And when we find ourselves in chaos, we can stop, release the chaotic thoughts, breathe, and claim order. The things that look the most chaotic may only look chaotic from your perspective. As we become still and we allow ourselves to be patient, to allow our vision to raise to a higher level, we can begin to see that even in the midst of chaos, order is always present. If we choose to claim it. We come back to our hearts once again and focus on the faculty of love. Love is that which harmonizes all of the good in our lives. It's our faculty of desire. It's our faculty to know that truly all things work together for good for those who love and honor spirit. And lastly, we simply rest. Again, in the biblical creation story on the seventh day, the story tells us that God looked at what had happened, declared it good, and rested. So we rest in faith. We rest in knowing that we have done our work. We rest in knowing that as we claim our good, believing that it is so, that it is so. And we again pause and breathe and remember that whatsoever we ask believing is ours. And in those moments that we find ourselves exercising our faculty of faith in worry, we release, we let go, and we claim good. So in this moment we claim the activation of each of those faith centers, each of those faculties. We allow ourselves to know truth as we simply pause, breathe, and no stillness. As we are here together, knowing oneness, affirming wholeness, we claim peace as our present experience.
We claim peace for all of those with whom we share this planet. We claim peace for all beings everywhere. We claim willingness. We claim ease. We claim grace. All of the gifts of the Advent season come together. And we know truth. And we know that this is the truth that we're told will set us free. We give thanks. We honor all of the teachers who have walked before us. And we pause for just a moment and honor ourselves, knowing that one day we will be the teachers being honored by those who come after us. with gratitude, with appreciation, with love, and with claims of good without opposite, we move into this next step of our journey with light, with love, with willingness. And so it is. Amen. A simple commitment to allow yourselves five minutes in stillness every day and claim good will do wonders. You may find that after five minutes that one day it was seven minutes and you didn't even recognize it. And maybe at another point when you find yourself troubled, you'll remember simply to breathe, to pause, and to claim your good. That's it for me for the holiday season. I will see some of you tomorrow night at our New Year's Eve celebration. It will be for those of you who have been here before, you know what you know what you're in for. For those of you who have not attended before, we will have a time of quieting and releasing and then we will have a time of quieting and claiming our good. So whether I see you tomorrow night or not, I hope for each and every one of you that you will uh, consider making some type of a commitment and that furthermore that you'll share with me at some point what your commitment is and how you see it affecting you in your life. And I will see you all next year. Remember how fun it was to say that at school? See you next year. Thank you, everyone.